The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, lots of pop culture, and anything else we feel like talking about today. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. And here we are, once again, recording. Yes. Like, almost on a regular basis again. Almost on a regular basis. This is great. Listen, by the way, I am not in lovely downtown Manhattan. I am somewhere in the exurbs of New York, or the suburbs You're of You're in the scenic vistas of the metropolitan yeah, area. Yeah, I'm somewhere, but it's hot. Na- nature gets out there. I mean, oh well, New York gets hot because all the concrete gets really steamy and holds the heat. But to be fair, compared with the rest of the country yeah. this summer, New York has not really had a super, super bad time of it. Like if you look at the... The west, the southwest, northern California, weeks of triple-digit temperatures, yeah. and like, you can't take a walk before 8 in the morning or your feet will melt. And and here, yeah, we, we had a couple of, you know, two, three days, uh, high 90s, edging into the 100 with the heat index. But overall, knockwood, don't want to ruin it, don't want to curse it. it. It hasn't really been super complainable, in my opinion. Well, I'm going to complain because here it's like about 100. Well, yeah, you're, you're a little bit outside of the, the – yeah. and, and you're near, you know, a large metropolitan area yeah. with a river and, and – yeah. yeah, it's hot. The interior of the country gets a little toastier, I guess. I'm telling you, August is going to be the hottest August in forever, like July was. Mm-hmm. Good thing there's no climate problem. Yeah, you know. Well, and, and we're, we're halfway through August to this point. And, and did you see the thing? Um, yeah, we're having the back to school, all of those specials by this tech for your well, kid, well, whatever. Hold on. Let me ask you a question. Do you yeah. still get a little depressed with the whole back to school thing? I still get a little twinge. I, well, not having kids, I don't have to shop for them. I, I feel the, the twang because even though I'm not going back to a classroom, mm-hmm. it means that the, if you work in an office, everyone comes back and like you seriously have to get some stuff done after faffing around all right, summer. So right. that feels more to me like the back to school feeling. Yeah, if I think if it was school, I'd, you know, probably would, would be less annoyed with uh, the, the sort of return to serious business. <laughs> uh, but the, the back to school sales are going on and- yep. Retailers are actually starting to put the Christmas stuff out with no, the back to school. Stop. It's a hundred degrees up, where I am. Well, they moved it up from Halloween because, and and they've talked to some. I think Home Depot is one of the 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 big box retailers doing this. But they're realizing a inflation is still kind of high, so people need to spread out their spending. So if they only have a couple of months, if they put out the Christmas stuff at Halloween, they may not have enough cash to buy everything they want. So if you back all that up to the back-to-school time, late August, early September, it gives people more of a long runway in which to purchase their holiday tchotchkes and things. And, you know, it's on display. They can just throw this stuff out there. And it's it's supposed to, and I don't know if it's supposed to get people into the spirit earlier. I really don't want to see, you know, happy little snowman decorations, no. you know, if, if I'm uh, looking at notebooks or whatever for, for back-to-school gear. But... Uh, I'm I'm schwitzing right through my shirt. I don't want to see Santa. Yeah, so so you don't want to see you know little reindeers or anything. No, happening. no reindeers, no elves. Yeah, nothing. all right. So so maybe skip the mall uh, <laughs> while, while you're out there. <laughs> malls. Yeah. God, I went to a couple of malls this week, and it was just brutal. They they don't wow. ramp up the excitement like they used to, uh, at least for me anyway. In the teen years, where that was your destination was to go to the mall, go to the video arcade, play some centipede, get some caramel corn. 
do all of that stuff you do at a mall to, to sort of derp around when you're in high school and you can't really afford to go anywhere. Right, 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 right. Yeah, now yeah. they're just kind of sad. I mean, the ones that are still there, they're trying, but they don't really seem to have the, the spark that they used to. They don't. I mean, you, you got, listen, I went to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. <sighs> That's a mouthful. That's a lot of mutants. That's a lot of mutants and a lot of mayhem. Mm-hmm. And literally, it was an arcade, right? The movie theater, which was a nice movie theater. I saw mm-hmm. a movie in XD. Did you ever watch a movie in Cinemark XD? I think I have. Now, was this just a regular uh, with seats or did it have the table service for no, you? No, no, little, no. This was regular with, with seats. Yeah, no, this was regular with seats. Oh, and they had a head shop. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't call them head shops anymore. Dispensary. They, they had a for, for, for medical herbal yes, uh, exactly. accessories. Can I rant a little bit about... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Man. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't mutant, even get mutant, it out. Yes. Imagine if they team up with the X-Men. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, speaking of which, I heard a rumor that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and huge Ackman's Wolverine are going to be in the same movie, but not Deadpool. Okay. There might be a Secret Avengers type movie thing. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's wishful thinking. Since both of those guys are like pushing 50 now or are they, they going to be they're going to do uh, the old man versions probably yeah I'm, I'm yeah, guessing the, like the, the Logan version, version or whatever right exactly anyway Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem mm-hmm. I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it a 10 o'clock okay you know what I mean the thumb's not fully all the way up it's not fully all the way up it's kind of halfway it's definitely past the midway point it was fun it was enjoyable it was Everything you want in an animated comic book movie. It had all the splody bits. Mm-hmm. It had all the jokes for the parents and all that stuff. Wise cracking reptiles. Wise cracking reptiles. Actually, I think they're are they amphibians or turtles? I think turtles. I don't are know. Reptiles. That's a good. Somebody will correct us. Believe yeah. me. Somebody anyway, will definitely correct us. Little green guys with shells. Yes, and sharp instruments. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, but it was just one of these movies where I guess I'm becoming. The dad that's concerned about on-screen violence when all I used to watch was on-screen violence. There's one part where, you know, I I wasn't into the mutant turtles. I mean, I know that they share a continuity with Daredevil and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And they have a storied history going back to black and white indie comics in the 80s. Exactly. The same accident made Daredevil that made Mm -hmm. the mutant Ninja Turtles out as an homage. I get it. I get it. At one point, the Jackie Jan character who, I forgot the character's name. He's like the master, the sensei, who's the oh, dad. Splinter. Splinter, there we go. Yeah. And he stabs a character, a humanoid character, in the face with a sword and just that, leaves him there. pretty aggressive. Yeah. I mean, I was like, that really bothered me. It's like, I get it. They're ninja turtles. There's going to be a certain amount of fighting and violence. I get it. But that was like, come on, man, that's excessive. This is supposed to be a kid movie. There were tons of kids in this movie theater. And I got really bothered by that. Really? You know, really, really bothered. Yeah, face stabbing in a PG-13 kids movie. You know, it's like, it was it's just a little, you know, Seth Rogen, I appreciate the messages that you put in the beginning of the movie and all that stuff. But if you're framing a movie for a kid audience and you stab somebody in the face... Well, and kids copy what they see on exactly. the TVs, and so there's no. going to be a lot of face stabbing. Now. It's kind of like you know, there's a lot of desensitizing stuff, and mm-hmm. th- that that was part of that. That really, really knocked it down for me. Yeah, you know, if you punch the guy in the face, 
piece. I realize it sounds like a real double standard, mm -hmm. but you know, the, the guy, and he sat through most of the scene with the sword right in his face. Come on. Ooh, I mean, yeah, well, and, and punching is not stabbing. You know, no. Stabbing, you have an implement there. Yeah, all right, Jackie Chan, come on, do better. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, we'll, anyway. we'll, but but overall, you you generally like the movie. And, I enjoyed uh, it, except for that one little bit. Yeah, my now, dad, my dad jeans kicked in. Yeah. Now, was this your first post pandemic theater experience, or had you been to a theater since? No, I uh, had early been twenty twenty one other time for another kid movie, but I can't remember what it was. I believe it was. Oh, you know what it was? It was um, what's his face, the Toy Story guy. Oh, uh, what was it? Buzz, uh... Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, okay. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, it was Bud Lightyear. <laughs> That's the one I went to. That was the first one after the pandemic, and this is the second one. Yeah, and well, you, you went back fairly early. Because, I did, yeah. Because there was a report that came out this week. Uh, there was a film tracking service called Quorum, uh, and they were surveying people because... The Barbie movie, I know we talked about Barbie last time and, and maybe a little bit of time before, but she's still going. Like Barbie's got legs, no pun intended. Yeah, she uh, has been bringing people to the theater. The thing has made more than a billion dollars oh, worldwide. Yeah. Countries that are normally afraid of women are letting the movie be shown. I'm sure there's some censoring going on, but Barbie is getting to places uh, where maybe you wouldn't think Barbie would go. But right. this uh, film tracking service, Quorum, surveyed 1,800 people who were, were going to see Barbie in the theaters. And they were asking, you know, how often do you go and, and have you been to the movies uh, since the pandemic? Which if we date that back, you know, early March 2020. Right. And apparently, according to the survey, 22 uh, percent revealed that they hadn't seen a movie in theaters since before the COVID-19 pandemic. So wow. A lot of them came out for Barbie. You know, the Oppenheimer, the whole Barbenheimer thing was going on, too. I think there was more Barbie than Oppenheimer uh, really pushing the box office. But the, the fact that Barbie was genuinely well-reviewed, a lot of girl power, it turned into this community event where people would wear pink and they would go and there were these big uh, celebrations in the theater. And then they would get all the repeat viewing because people would go back and see, see all the Easter eggs or they just liked it or... They just became complete Barbie converts at this point. It was just really, it seems like Barbie was the thing that smashed through a lot of people's fear of going back into theaters, even though we have uh, had, you know, our COVID ups and downs. You know, the summer's been fairly calm, but they are noticing upticks in a certain variant. And, oh, the fall's going to come and you got to get your shots and make sure you get your COVID and your flu and maybe get your RSV uh, while you're doing it. So, but but they're saying, okay, you know, well, maybe, you know, this is what we needed was this, this doll to, like, get us out of the house. Barbie saves the day. They are actually, uh, and you, you will find this perhaps heartwarming because we talked about it when originally it came out, Sharknado. I remember that fine Sharknado, piece of, yeah. of cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. It is actually, it's turning 10 this year. So, whew, do we feel old? Uh, now, we're talking about the original, not the, yeah, the original Shark sequels yes. they did. Yeah, they yeah, before they out. did all the sequels and, and the crazy New York one. This was the first Sharknado that took everyone by surprise because they thought it was just like this throwaway thing and it turned into a, a cultural phenomenon and, and that's why they made all the 17 sequels. But it's turning 10 this year. Shout out to Ian Ziering. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was this derpy made-for-TV movie, but uh, after it became so successful, it's getting a theatrical release for its 10th anniversary. <laughs> no. So fully remastered in 4K with hundreds of new visual effects. And by new, I think maybe they mean better or more <laughs> let's uh, hope. legitimate special effects. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so Sharknado is, is uh, making another run. I just might have to. 
Yeah, that, that, that'll take you back to the theater, oh, yeah. too. That will definitely take me back. Yeah, and uh, so, so that one uh, started on the TV. That's going out to theaters. Things that were in the theaters for a very short time that are quickly coming to TV. In that category, we have the Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I guess is being classified as a, a royal bomb because it, it made nowhere near the money or met any expectations for what the folks at Lucasfilm and Disney were hoping. And, you know, 80-year-old Harrison Ford and, so, you know, and I, I did not see it in theaters. I, I will admit I was not sufficiently motivated to go to a giant auditorium full of strange people and, and watch this movie. But they're kicking it out the home video before the end of August. Wow. So I think it came out like the 30th of June or something. Yeah. It was a big temple summer thing. And as of August 29th, I think you can get it on home video. They're going to they're gonna do the thing where you got to pay for it first. So mm-hmm. 20 bucks, you can watch it at home. You know, wait a while, eventually it'll be free on streaming on Disney+. Plus. But for those who really wanted to see it but didn't want to go to the theater... If you fork over a Jackson, you can watch it at home. And for a lot of people, especially if you live in an expensive movie-going area, this is a better deal. Your TV and your sound system are probably quite decent. If you're buying four tickets or whatever for the family to go see, you know that, that could be costing you 60 bucks right there. For 20 everyone gets to go. You can pause when people need to take the bio breaks or you need to get more snacks. And then if you've paid for it, then, then you keep it. You have this movie, you can watch it again. And I actually will admit to doing this with Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Oh, yeah? Which I, I always love his movies. I mean, a lot of times they're not super energetic in terms of forward plot momentum, but they're very pretty to look at and they're deep character studies and you get all of this nuance just in pauses between characters. But I wanted to see, because it was about the space program and, and just uh, mid-century America, and some of the performances had, had gotten really good reviews, but I was like, I don't want to go to the theater. Right? But boom, it was already out for you know, 20 bucks, and you can have it forever. So See, all right, so I went to see the, the Mutant Ninja Turtles this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. In New York City, it would have cost me over $100, three tickets, soda pop, candy, popcorn. Right. Mm -hmm. Over one. And and trust me, all the New Yorkers listening to this right now. Let me rephrase that. All the people living in a huge city like L.A. or, you know, any of the big cities that cost an arm and a leg to live in, you know, that's legitimate. And I might undersell it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I went outside of New York, still in the in the area. Thirty dollars. Wow. To see the mutant turtles. Thirty. As and, and that's to with over the popcorn, the candy, and the soda. That's and the with tickets. soda, candy. All right, I'm, no, I'm sorry, forty. Okay, forty dollars with the popcorn and the candy and the mm-hmm. soda pop. It wasn't a fifteen dollar soda. It's more like four dollars, five dollars. Still expensive for a yeah, soda pop, but still. But and still, they wonder why people bootleg this stuff and bring in their yes, coat pockets full of exactly. I'm going to get my can of Coke right here. I mean, I understand, folks. I, I mean, movie folks, the millions of you listening. In the in the entertainment business, all you executives listening to Pop Tech Jam right now, you all know we all want to see your movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We all do. But I don't want to spend twenty five dollars per ticket to take my family. And it's that's like not going, even for like special fancy 4D exactly. IMAX and that. No. It's just like straight up seat and movie, right? Straight up seat and movie. And then it's another hundred and something dollars to buy a freaking barrel of popcorn mm-hmm. well anyway that's my rant yeah that's no, what it, I it is a very understandable rant uh now even just buying a pair of tickets at a, a non-fancy non-cinephile theater you know two people 45 bucks i'm yeah. like 
Remember when they used to have matinees and you can go for $6 on the yep. first show? Yeah, no, no. Well, I, clearly they're making up for all that lost revenue during the the, the dark times of, of the lockdown and all that. But still, it's it's not really helping with people already dealing with inflation. And even though the inflation rate has co- gone down considerably, a lot of things stayed really highly priced. Restaurant food's still up there, groceries, gas, uh, you know. It, people are still paying uh, qu- quite a lot more for things that they used to get for a lot cheaper uh, just a few years ago. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, no bowl games for me and yeah. certainly no ordering in. That seamless account going by the wayside. Yeah, I won't say, you know, pack on delivery fees and special access fees and restaurant fees. And and sometimes I'll just order online and go pick it up myself and you save 20 bucks that way. Exactly right. Even though you're like not helping somebody who like needs a job delivering food, you know, they they get a little... I understand. Crazy with the the fees there. They get a little crazy anyway. But 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 as we're staying home though and we're watching more, you know, we, we can buy films within two months of them coming out theatrically. But Another big news item uh, this week was the Financial Times, you know, that little pink the yeah. money paper oh, yeah. out of, of Britain. They did a big story on how much streaming is, is going to cost uh, soon in the future because we're seeing a lot of the Hollywood studios. And this is one of the things that the writers and the actors are on strike over is profit sharing for these big streaming projects that the, the studios are making a lot of money in, but the actors maybe not so much. And so, and we, I think we even said on the last show that, oh, as soon as this gets settled, all of the, the streaming people will up their fees per month. And, and I think that's already happening now. It's already to happening. This Financial yeah. Times article, which talked about, you know, Netflix is just basic $9.99 ad-free monthly. And I think that's gone up to like $15.49. Disney Plus has also uh, raised its ad-free service by three bucks a month. So, so they're not even like, you know, the subtle dollar. They're, they're making some bigger jumps here. But if you... Look at all of the servers, like, because all the people have more than one service because you want to watch Star Trek on Paramount, you want to watch Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, you want this, thing about that, you want all the Star Wars shows. So you usually have a, a mixed set of, of streaming services. So the Financial Times is, is looking at that and they say that a basket of the top U.S. streaming services will cost $87 per month uh, this fall. And compared to last year, it was about 73 which is still high. And they're looking at Disney, Paramount, uh, Warner Brothers, Discovery, which is Max uh, now, for the the service formerly known as HBO Max. And all this is because they, these services have raised their prices. Uh, a lot of this is Wall Street has not been happy with the stocks of these companies who threw all of this money forward to create all of these really adventurous shows. You know, the Lord of the Rings spinoff that's on Amazon, the Game of Thrones reboot, not reboot, prequel. Right. So, so they're doing a lot of, of really expensive programming and trying to get subscribers to come to this, but not enough subscribers are coming. They're not making uh, their money back from this. Wall Street's like, yeah, you got to start, you know, balancing your you know, spending here. So they're laying off staff on some of these places and they're raising the monthly prices for subscribers. So we'll see if people want to keep up with this. Are there really enough shows there that you want to keep all of these services on your monthly bill? I'm going to ask you a question, J.D., and actually, you know what? I'm going to throw this out to the millions of Pop Tech Jam listeners out there. Which service would you consider cutting? I mean, legitimately, which ser- streaming service? Which one is on the bubble? Which one? I know there's two for me. Max, which I've been threatening to cut for a while now, but I'm still going through a lot of the DC stuff that they have, yeah. and I'm still holding out for them to come out with a second season of Peacemaker, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And Netflix. Oh, Netflix, the the original uh, streamer. I'm not watching much of anything on Netflix anymore. You know, I was tempted by that Wednesday show. Once I finish off, I haven't finished off uh, Stranger Things yet. Mm-hmm. But once I finish off Stranger Things, 
I mean, there's no compelling reason for me to keep the service. Max and Netflix would probably be the ones. Ironically, Paramount, which I didn't really want to get, the only mm-hmm. reason I got it was for Discovery, mm-hmm. now has like five or six shows that I watch religiously. Yeah, well, they've got a deep catalog. They and- do. Strange New Worlds, uh, and, and this is Great the, 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 the bitter thing about the whole strike is ended on a cliffhanger. A lot of, of uh, yeah. shows do that to, to make sure you come back and keep paying your streaming bill. But with the writer strike, who knows when the show's going to be back? I mean, everything's getting pushed out. So are we talking like 2025 now for some of these, especially the the shows that have a lot of CGI and effects? And right. if they're only doing 10 episodes, coordinating all the actors' schedules to, to get them in, to film this. So, so there's a, a lot of, of lead up time that they need to, to produce these shows. And if all of that's delayed. And it actually might make sense to just cancel all the services you have until the shows come back that you want to see. If you're caught up, that is. Yeah. Yeah. You if know. you're caught up. And, and some people are using this time to actually work through their backlogs and their watching cues. And, oh, I finally have time to watch Breaking Bad because nothing else is on. Uh, so, so they're there is that side of the coin where we, we can use this time to to just dig through. But again, if everything is super expensive and you were only having a service for one show that may not be coming back for another year, it does kind of make you, when you're doing the budget, it's like, well, do we really? Hey, and if then, my show isn't coming back until 2025, I'm, I'm a, do I really want to pay $15 a month? Yeah, and, and, and the, the studios are trying to buy. I mean, Hulu always ends up getting bundled with somebody, and I think they are, have been uh, Disney Plus, you know, kind of a, a little buddy to that one, which I think you can get both of them for maybe 20 bucks, or maybe that's a new price. But for that package, if you want all of the old... And ESPN, they throw ESPN in there, which I don't watch at all. So, yeah, kind of expensive if you were cutting down. I mean, there are... There's not a super lot of free... I mean, you have YouTube, which... Who hasn't, like, you know, sort of drained away a few hours just watching random things on YouTube? Uh, and you can always just wait until the DVDs come out or until it's on pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, the the, the free streaming services. Um, I did find one. It's an ad-supported, but it's free service. Tubi, have you ever watched anything Tubi, on Tubi? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like documentaries. Hard to believe, I know. Uh, but I found some some really good documentaries. And, yeah, they, they stick in a commercial break every 10 minutes in the back half of the show. But... You just, you know, have an iPad, your phone there, and you're like, okay, show's back, you know, going to watch. It's like we, we did, you know, we as kids, we were trained to do this back in the day when we had right. commercial breaks we could not get around. So if I'm going to cut one of the paid services, maybe fill up uh, with that. Okay, can I just pat myself on the back for a second? I, I, I'm going to do a little self-congratulatory thing. Are you going to do the superior dance? Of course, I'm going to do the superior dance. Now, a couple of years ago, you longtime listeners, the millions of you listening to this show right now, know that one of the things I said when this streaming thing first started taking off was that at some point it's going to reach critical mass and financially it's going to make more sense to double back and go back to your cable service. And show enough, we are at that critical mass. We Mm -hmm. are at that point. We are at that tipping point. Because just like I said, is financial times. Mm-hmm. What is it? Peach colored, pink colored. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're the real deal. $87 is actually more than what I pay for cable. The only reason, and unfortunately, frustratingly, I do have a cable account and I do have all these streaming services because the lovely Mrs. Kaiser still wants to have that cable box. She cannot cut the cable. She refuses no, she's to cut got the her cable. Bravo and her thing. She, she and, does. Yeah, yeah, the, the, I think the average price of cable, I think, according to the FT, is like 83 bucks a month so we compare that with the 87 for all of the streamers with their new prices but yeah so so you 
blend that together and, and you're paying 170 bucks. Yeah, that hurts. For, for your entertainment uh, that hurts. every month. Yeah, so yeah, HBO Max, Netflix, I'm coming for you. Yeah, so 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 you knock what thirty forty bucks off uh, the Easily. bill if you get rid of those. Correct. It's something to think about. Time to start renting DVDs again. Mm, renting and, and, and Blu-rays. You got something to play them on, right? Because I you know, do indeed. You yeah, know I, I do. Yeah, I, I, I well, yeah, because your your quadraphonic sound. I I, I still have a, a Blu-ray player that's good, uh, and I've got a few. There's some shows that never made it to streaming, like China Beach is one of them, yeah, which yeah. is a show that. Uh, notoriously took forever to get to DVD because of the music rights. Music because rights, they used a exactly lot of right. Authentic uh, tunes from the 60s. And but then when it came time to streaming, like nobody wanted to deal with the music rights for streaming. So it just stayed on DVD and I bought it was on sale. And it's still a phenomenal show, even Great though show. it was like, you know, 1988 or whenever it came out. But yeah, there are, there are certain shows like that that you just can't find streaming. So ye old plastic disc are, are where you're going to find them. What's old is new again. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Despite, you know, the Discmans are coming back. That's know, the, right. The set player Walkmans. <laughs> oh, that would be so awesome. I would yeah. rock those in a second. Yeah, well, we talked about MP3 players are still yes. hanging around, even though they, they Apple buried the iPod. Uh, people so who still sad. have working iPods still play them. And there's all of these other MP3 players that people are perfectly happy with. And yeah, they're not Apple branded, but who cares? Now, speaking of them, they're, they're big hoo-ha. September the 12th, the Apple event where they're... Um, going to announce everything that they're going to do this fall. I know we, we used to get very excited by this, but yeah, please, even, even the super nerd blocks are like, yeah, they're not going to do much with the watch because they're doing a special Apple watch for the 10 year anniversary in 2024. So next year is not going to be so much with the watch. They're really talking about the M3 chips and how they're going to be faster for all of Apple's laptop and desktop hardware. I know every time they change a processor, it drives you up the wall because of your audio. I was just about to pull the plug on the M2. Mm-hmm. M2 Ultra. Now they're talking the M3, so I'm not sure I'm going to make the purchase. Yeah, I mean, you got to see what they announce. You know, and then exactly. I guess the, the the traditional unveiling, oh, the iPhone, uh, which people, oh, there's leaks here. And I'm like, I don't care, whatever. I don't care anymore. What colors are going to be this year? But yeah, they're they're spinning up. But yeah, the 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 whole thrill of the Apple announcement, I think, is uh, gone by. You know, the the goggles, I think, that we talked about uh, when we first came back were the, were the biggest thing, and those aren't even coming out till next year. So yeah, exactly. So anyway, so yeah, sorry, brief Apple interlude. Uh, but but speaking of, of big tech, uh, you know how we have been sort of following the will they or won't they Elon Musk Mark Zuckerberg cage match. What's the, uh, what's their shipping? You know, when you ship them together, what is it, what what do we call them? Muskerberg? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the the blended portmanteau uh, of their names. Well, apparently Mark is becoming uh, really annoyed because Elon just keeps talking about this thing and then he keeps putting it off. And Elon was like, yep, 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 we're going to go. And uh, he wanted to do it like Gladiator style and actually go to Rome and do it. I don't know if he's going to try to do it in the Colosseum, but he wanted to do it where all that you saw in the background were just ancient Roman buildings and yeah, ruins. So and, you like know, having Bruce Ro- Lee for Chuck Norris. It was in the Colosseum. Yeah, you, you get these, these beautiful thousand-year-old ruins. So Elon's having visions of, of it of it taking place there. I assume having a, a activity there, you would probably have to get a lot of permissions from the hist- historical people and facilities people. And I don't know who runs the, the actual Roman Coliseum now, um, but you, you, know, you used to have chariot races and stuff there. Um, so anyway, so I think Elon's, Amazon owns it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got the, the Amazon <laughs> Prime Roman Coliseum. So Elon is having visions of, of doing it there, but then 
Mark's like, okay, fine, you know, pick the the date. And then uh, I guess Elon was having some, he wanted to get a health check or whatever. So he goes and then he says he was like three hours in an MRI tube last uh, week because he was getting scanned. And Kara Swisher, who, you know, never misses anything, is like, I've had multiple MRIs. You don't spend three hours in the tube. (laughs) Um, Mm -mm. So she like called him out on that. But he says that he... He, his shoulder blade is touching his ribs and he has to like have some surgery and it's going to be a few months before he can fight. And so Zuckerberg's just like, I don't, don't believe anything he says, you know, if it's going to happen, you know, he's going to have to. Talk. So they're, they're pretty much, you know, Mark is, uh, you know, saying if he ever agrees to an actual date, you'll hear it from me. But then assume anything he says has not been agreed on. So Zuckerberg's just kind of kicking him to the curb here with with this whole, yeah, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you. Oh, I've got to get an MRI for four hours. Yeah. Wasn't this a thing on Friends? I think it might have been. I blocked a lot of that show out because of the unrealistic apartment expectations. But. Right. That apartment. No way. No way. Those Both those apartments. And then Homie gets a place across the street. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. With John Favreau, you know, Iron Man director, Mandalorian creator, where he was like a billionaire who got into MMA. So these guys, these, and he was a tech guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like... These guys are pulling stunts from 90s sitcoms now. Yeah, part of it, you just have to wonder the psychology of this. Is like, clearly, I'm sure, you know, probably more than one of these guys got wedgies in school. And, you know, oh, there's been a, yeah. a feeling like we need to overcompensate ever since. Not not really doing the armchair psychological. I'm just, you know, probably it's a sitcom too. So, you know, revenge of the nerds. But the, the whole cage match thing. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It is yeah. just so embarrassingly dumb. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it's maybe also to distract from the issues the companies are having, both with European Union regulation, advertisers fleeing, that sort of thing. So who knows if it ever happens. A while ago, there used to be these celebrity boxing matches, like on VH1 or something mm-hmm. like that, where they got these D-list people that, you know, want that last moment, you know, just to get that last bit of celebrity. It's got a whiff, more than a whiff. Of this. I mean, come on. Clinging to the cliff of obscurity. Oh, my God, yeah. This is just embarrassingly stupid. Just like, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the world we live in these days. This is indeed. But uh, but, but this is our world, and and so, you know, I've been rambling on about the news. Uh, The other thing that that I noticed this week, because, you know, we love the NASA. We do. Get very excited by that. Yes. All of the moon launches lately, everyone is like, run, 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 back to the moon. We we had our little moon affair in the late 60s, early 70s, and then we kind of ran out of money or whatever. We moved on the space shuttle, International Space Station, doing other things, left the moon alone, and now— the U.S., the Artemis mission, the NASA's right. doing, that's sending us back there. India has launched a, a lander up there. Russia just launched one a few days ago. Everyone is, like, running back to the moon now. It is a hot destination. People are putting their electronic instruments on the moon. They're going to do some manned missions there. So I was like, wow, the moon, moon's really getting its mojo back. And it made me sad for all the Mars rovers because, you know, we love the Mars yeah. rovers. And we were watching the Mars rovers on our previous show. And, and up until, you know, recently. And so I was like, well, how are the little Mars rovers doing? And so I was looking at some of the NASA pages that devoted to Mars missions, and they are working very diligently on a way to get samples, like rock samples and, and whatnot, from the surface of Mars physically back. You know, now they have the rovers up there and they're drilling and they got the little on-rover labs and they're sending back data electronically, but like we're not getting Mars rocks uh, in the mail or anything. So well, hold on. This... you're saying they want to like blast the samples from Mars back to Earth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yes. yeah. Let's like, like do you this. know FedEx for, for Mars rocks. Uh, 
wait for that tracking number. It's going to take a while, but... Um, <laughs> they left it at your door. Yes. I hope nobody, you know, porch pirates don't yeah, steal your, your Mars rocks. Porch pirates the Mars rocks. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's this program called Mars Sample Return. Basically, what they're working on is, so say the rover, you know, they, they get samples of, of soil and rocks or whatever. And so they ha- have to get some type of propulsive device to a, like, it's, it's space-worthy, so you put them in some kind of canister uh, to return, and then you have to get them past the Mars gravity and boost them back into space, and then they they eventually find their way back here. They've got enough uh, propulsion and, and uh, direction to, to make it back here to Earth. It's going to take a while, though. I, I think they were... Um, they're going to launch one of these experimental devices June 2028, I guess, from Mars, and they don't expect the samples to actually get her to Earth till the early 2030s, and so hopefully no wow, space pirates okay. will steal yeah, them on the way. Uh, but yeah, it's, but it's, it's being done out of uh, the Marshall Space Flight Center down in Huntsville, and obviously anytime there's you know some kind of Mars thing going on, uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena is always involved too, so... So I can, you know, that's kind of, you know, we, we, we've been sending our stuff out, but we haven't really brought a lot of stuff back since the Apollo astronauts would, would bring back rock samples or, you know, if we had the, the random meteor or asteroid that, that hit the Earth that people found pieces of. But we haven't really got special delivery of, of things from other planets. So, so that kind of got me, you know, all, all psyched again for the Mars program. Yeah, but to your point, the moon's getting a lot of uh, attention again. And I did this story recently about people sending artworks to the moon. And there's actually this program called the Lunar Codex, where the guy who is managing the project is buying some of the extra payload space uh, that you get on the third-party NASA vendors who are sending up scientific gear. If they got any space left over, then, then you can buy it and send up whatever you want. And it's like, send your fraternity pin to the moon. So we're sending garbage. We're just yeah, sending yeah. Uh, although crap. We, we are sending art. Uh, this, this, uh, the gentleman is sending uh, 30,000 works of art from 157 countries uh, that's all been miniaturized on nickel-based nanofish or on these, like, NASA-ready uh, SD cards. So, NFTs? So, <laughs> He's sending yeah, NFTs. NFTs, yes. yes. Well, I, well the, there are people who are doing NFTs because there's, in addition to this Lunar Codex project, which is an independent-funded project, there's also uh, some very big-name artists who are trying to get solo shows on the moon. Uh, Jeff Koons is one. Uh, there's a British artist uh, who's doing that. And those ones are are doing NFTs to to go with their their moon art. So so yeah, that that is the the more uh, financially forward moon art project. Uh, the, this lunar codex is a sort of a, a mission of goodwill to showcase works of art across the the globe here, uh, and especially places where there's war or climate change. You know, maybe the the moon is going to be our you know, failover archive uh, for culture up there. But but there was art on the moon to begin with. They had that little um, moon museum thing that was clipped to the uh, Apollo 12 lander that they kind of snuck uh, by. And then um, that plaque to all the astronauts that have died in the space program has been up there. But Jeff Kuhn's sending, uh, I think he's got like 15 sculptures that he wants to send and put on the surface. So we've got that stuff going. So there's going to be art on the moon. There's going to be all these landers. It's also been people have attempted to send digitized libraries up there. There was one, I think it was on an Israeli lander that crashed. And so even though it crashed, well, the stuff's probably still up there. It's just not where we thought it was going to be. Just be careful when they open up the first organic coffee shop. Rents are going to go up on the moon. Be careful. Yeah, then, you know, just the whole neighborhood's going Yeah, to, you know, exactly. Yeah, so, so it, it is a, uh, a destination, but a lot of countries, you know, because the, the U.S. got there first, but, you know, we put some flags up, but, but all these other countries are sending stuff up there now, so I don't know if it's going to be just a, a mirror of what's going on down here. Yeah, I can expect the, what, the 2054 moon war? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. 
Yeah, I bet there'll be space lasers or something. Space lasers, please. So yeah, our, our moon base alpha reality is, is edging nearer and nearer. Well, on that note, yes. on that pleasant note, space wars and moon bases. That's what the name of this episode's going to be. <laughs> space wars <laughs> and moon bases. Uh, we should thank our uh, listeners, all two, four, five billion of them. Yes, thank you, listeners. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. You inspire us to to chat away. Yes, um, you do. Yes, and, you and do. And then there has been some, you know, news. I mean, we gotta we gotta figure out our streaming. We gotta figure out if we're comfortable going to theaters. Don't forget to get your COVID booster this fall if you do oh, go back yeah. to the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you know FedEx coming from Mars soon, <laughs> and and uh, streaming's more expensive. So yeah, I'm not signing for that. <laughs> so I didn't order that. this. I didn't order this. <laughs> so oh, anyway, um, yeah, anyway, thank you, listeners, and I guess we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, we'll after you have weeks. bought all of your Christmas decorations with oh, your back-to-school trapper keepers. Stop! I'm sitting here in a 120 degree room, and you're telling me about Christmas. Just envision the snow globes and oh, the boy. fake icicles, and it'll pull you right off. All right. So until next time, I'm JD Beersdorfer, and I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Merry Christmas. Danger for breakfast. Actually, I eat pizza with bits of waffles on it.